College basketball fans, welcome back to the College Ball Show. He's Marshall. I'm Chris. And we're here to discuss and banter and predict and just talk some trash, especially about North Carolina. Just kidding, Marshall, about college basketball. And it has been, like many other things, uh, inside the sports world and outside, a funky year for COVID and college basketball, obviously, you know, you're seeing day by day key matchups getting postponed, getting canceled tonight, Illinois and Michigan. I was really looking forward to that matchup. That has been postponed. At least it hasn't been canceled just yet. But um, throughout the week, you know, we've seen it in the last couple of weeks really take hold of some programs. We were just talking off air, you know, how how it will affect Baylor if you look at how the rest affected Texas lately, um, and Baylor looked like them and Gonzaga were the top two teams. Clearly, they obviously have time to get it back, but it'll be interesting in general. Um, a shortened show today just because, you know, life got in the way Monday and Wednesday um, for both of us. So we figure we'll give you some content. We'll keep it short. Then we'll be back on our regular time. On Mondays, um, but thanks for listening in general. Some interesting matches matches coming up here. Um, n- number twelve Oklahoma at number fourteen West Virginia. It's a matchup of uh, two really hot teams overall. West Virginia is entering, you know, the toughest part of their schedule. That's for Saturday. This is a matchup we've been waiting on uh, just to see. What both these teams, but especially where you know Villanova is right now, Creighton's been struggling of late. But um, number five Villanova travels to number 19 Creighton, and that does mean a whole lot in that conference there. Um, and I'm looking at the postponements: Louisville at Virginia Tech quality game, and then Texas Tech at Baylor. Man, and, and as of right now. It's postponed, not canceled. So let's keep that in mind. Let's hope, knock on wood, that this matchup stays in there. Number three, Michigan versus number uh, 21, Wisconsin. That's on Sunday. Some really interesting matchups in the ACC as well. Um, On Monday, Virginia and Florida State. We won't dive too deep into that because, well, eh, that'll probably be going on when 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 we talk, you know, when we start the show. So maybe we will. There's another postponement, Baylor at West Virginia, between West Virginia and Baylor, we're really in the heart of their schedule, man. Holy crap, they really were. So anyway, we'll get to it in just a short little bit. If this is your first time listening to the College Ball Show, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ropadope Radio. However, to listen to this college show, you don't have to go to Blog Talk or Rope It Over Radio and download the show there or listen to the browser. You can find this under the Rope It Over Radio podcast platform on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, Spricker, Stitcher, really all across the board. We're also part of the Grueling True Sports Podcast Network, which can be found almost everywhere, including Spotify, while you're at it. Why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com. It's basketball, football, baseball, basketball, everything in between. And one more thing, if you're thinking about cutting the quarter, you have, you're not quite happy, I got something for you. It's called AT&T TV Now. It's live streaming cable. They do have the seven-day free trial. Plans start as low as 60 uh, or $55 a month. No annual contract, of course. Stream it anywhere. 
to have the cloud DVR just for signing up. You get a seven-day free trial of HBO Max. And if you sign up for the Max package, that will include HBO Max plus a free month of Showtime. That's AT&T TV Now live streaming cable. And just talking about HBO Max really quick. Um, tonight, a Fred Hampton, like later, actually tomorrow morning, technically. Um, I think it's West Coast Midnight. Um a Fred Hampton movie's coming out, and for those who don't know about Fred Hampton, Google him. Um, it's called uh, what the hell is it called? It's called. Uh, <laughs> I was just about to talk about Fred Hampton a little deeper, but I, I just, I just forgot the goddamn name of the movie. But that movie is—it's funny because I thought it was already, I thought it was—I uh, thought it was already coming out. <laughs> I was like, oh sweet, so it's on HBO Max. And I don't have to wait for it. It's the Black Messiah. Um, I, I do Judas and the Black Messiah is the, the film. But the other, uh, I think two weeks ago, I thought that I had read that it was in theaters February 29th or February 12th. And and but it's on HBO next now. So I made this night to like watch it. I was so pumped up. It's not there till tonight. So later tonight at two in the morning. I'm going to watch this. It's the first time I've done that with the flick where a lot of people wait till midnight. So something to think about. I'm going to go ahead and bring in my co-host Marshall and see how he's doing. They, uh, you know, it's been the frozen tundra up here the last chunk of days, and it's supposed to last pretty long here. Right now it's literally zero, and we're not going to see double digits till Wednesday. Um, so it's been cold to say the least. Uh, old man winter came to town and is staying for the week, like I said before. What's going on with you, man? It, it seems like shit's popping off in Texas uh, weather-wise today. Yeah, we're, we're actually at home. Um, this Our school district decided to take the day off just because of icy roads. And um, there was like a... And I've seen the numbers vary, but anywhere from a 50 to like a hundred car pile up in Fort Worth. And I know there's, I believe, again, at least five people have passed away. So when you see, you know, the, the, the weather, how it's supposed to be, people's cars aren't, you know, meant for cold weather. People don't know how to drive in cold weather. You don't have the tires, the four wheel drive, the experience. So everything was kind of a mess today. I've literally stayed in my house all day because I, even though I know how to drive after living in Alaska, North Dakota, Minnesota, I don't trust other people around me. Um, Texas has bad drivers when it's 80 and sunny. So, I just, yep, I'm good. I'll chill at home all day and uh, stream some shows and go teach tomorrow. But then Monday, it's supposed to be um, an even worse day of weather. So I might be back to at home virtually teaching on Monday, which, again, fine by me. So, yeah. Um, overall, though, uh, back to the sport world. Um Last weekend was really fun for me. I normally always have a little bit of a quick rant to start the show. Um, Mizzou beat Alabama, which was a surprising game. And Mizzou was the first team to beat Alabama in SEC play. So that made my day. And then my good old, uh, my baby blue, my love, enjoy my Tar Heels, beat Duke. Um, it, it was weird to watch that game with an empty stadium. Because uh, obviously Duke has that lower bowl of all the fans and they're Screaming in your face, they paint all themselves in the dark blue. Um, and actually, uh, one of the boys from uh, good old uh, Minneapolis Twin Cities 
uh, Love hit like four threes for the Tar Heels. So some hometown cooking for my Tar Heels uh, came up and stepped up and Carolina won that game. So I know when we did our last podcast, I said, man, if Mizzou and Carolina can win, I'd be happy. That happened. So last weekend was a pretty nice weekend. And hopefully, hopefully, Chris, that trend continues to move forward for um, weekends to come, especially when it gets to March Madness, when, you know, then your pride and joy for your teams really, really does matter. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, and we talked about how close that matchup was. Um, this is not. This is going into the game. The last hundred meetings, um, Duke had 51 wins. North Carolina had 49. But the points are crazy. Um, at the time, anyway, Duke had 7,818 points uh, in those hundred games, and North Carolina had 7,800. In four. So you're talking about, you know, a difference of 14 points over a hundred freaking games. And obviously it's not like it was a blowout. Right. So, yeah, that was uh, that was freaking crazy. Just to look up that number. I remember you talking about that um, on air and really that Missouri win. That was big. I mean, it's funny because it was 62 to 44 uh, Missouri with the lead with 738 left. At the time, Missouri had 46 points in the paint, and obviously Alabama had 44 points in general. However, holy cow, they made a run, 21-2 to two run. They cut it down 66-65 with 38 seconds left, but I thought it was a big deal, you know, to really get that, you know, W still. Like, okay, the ending wasn't great. But then again, you played so phenomenal. We've seen that where you get a big lead on a great, you know, a solid team. And then all of a sudden it can shrink. Um, And that was uh, their best start, Alabama, in the SEC since the 55-56. So that's pretty freaking crazy. That is really, really crazy. Um, Twelve out of the 20 players that appeared in that North Carolina Duke game were freshmen the most freshmen to play in a game uh, in the history of the rivalry. So that kind of tells you what's next. Duke had, they allowed 29 points off of turnovers, the most in the last 15 years for them. So that one obviously was pretty rough for them. Um, You know, it's kind of interesting. Last night, Iowa got, you know, a solid win. Um, I don't know if uh, Rutgers had their best game per se, but we talked about how defense is really going to hold them back if they don't get it figured out um, in that Ohio State game. They literally, it was like, I'm looking at the score, watching the game, and it was 88-81. Iowa was down with a minute left. And they're doing the starting five. They put them on the bench and brought in a new starting five like the old school coaches. Actually, Tubby did that a couple times when he was here at the Gophers. But just like a defensive lineup, but what a smack in the face that your defensive lineup has nothing to do with the starters. And I thought that was a message sent very clear. And, you know, they did actually um, step up pretty well last night and play defense. But like you said, I mean, we've said that a couple times now, defense is going to probably keep them out of the final four if they don't get that figured out. That's the head coach sending a pretty strong message, I'd say. Yeah, that that is their 
main issue. Um, and it, it was detailed on ESPN uh, some, something a couple weeks ago, and it really kind of hit me of, you know, yeah, that, that that's pretty true. Iowa normally does have a, a pretty good offense. And now, Grant, they normally do not have a Luca Garza, who is the potential player of the year, but they're normally much more of an offense-based team than a defensive team. And they do kind of fade away during the middle to end of the year. And it's been happening now. They did get a win against Rutgers to end a losing streak, but... Yeah, you got to you got to find a way to figure it out. But the thing is, Chris, is that if your identity is offense and you have a bunch of guys like to spot up and shoot threes and Luca Garza kind of um, is your down low presence. If people find a way to kind of feed off or I should say defend Luca Garza with doubles and you don't hate your threes, it's really hard to man- manifest defense like that's one thing I'll say about Roy Williams and the Carol- being a Carolina fan. The, the defense at the start of the year normally is pretty trashy. And as the year grows, you see the defense progress. Normally by March Madness time, we have a pretty good defensive team. And so it, it is possible for a coach to progress with a defensive squad. But I don't think that's really something Iowa's been known to do. So you're right. You got you to gotta figure out something because you do have an offense that could take you to the Final Four. But defensively, you got to find a way to make minor progress, whether that's maybe taking an offensive guy off the court at some points mm, where he normally yep. would be, jacking him a three. So, you know, you got to play that whole uh, balanced ratio game of do we want to have three guards and jack up threes or two guards and a defensive stopper? And that's obviously decisions we'll see Iowa have to make. But yeah, um, you got a potential player of the year, which you normally don't get in Iowa. And you might be wasting it away just because your defensive end is uh, a sieve. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, not much more to talk about uh, that weekend. But uh, Illinois did get a, a nice win over Wisconsin, who had been playing pretty good, 75 to, to 60. Uh, Coburn had a good game. And say, same with that AO, uh, um, that guard. He had a triple-double. I think it's a second or third uh, triple-double in history for Illinois, so that was a big win. Iowa dropped the game against Indiana before that, you know, they got it going. Ohio State this week, I should say, last night, Ohio State beat Maryland on the road, so they, they're they really turning around. Uh, well, I mean, it's not like the season was going bad, but, I mean, they had a ranking early, then they kind of fell off a little bit, but they've been strong. They're up to four now. They got a win on the road against a pretty decent um Maryland squad, West Virginia, we talked about that. Uh, Oklahoma and West Virginia are, like, really hot. 82-71, to 71, uh, West Virginia on the road. That was a pretty big win earlier this – I mean, look at that, Florida State-Virginia Tech postponed. That's that's one of those games you're like, uh. Um, Houston could be – well, Houston, we may have a problem. They could be a problem. They haven't really played too many squads. They've had a weird season, but you got to pay attention to them. And like I said – 79 to 66 Rutgers had been playing very well. They uh, had a couple of guys that just couldn't shoot a, uh, you know, that well from the outside and, and they missed some free throws. That's what that game kind of went down to right hey, now. Speaking per- of Houston. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about uh, a, a, what would have been a really fun game to watch and a good measuring stick. They had the chance to play Gonzaga because the Zags had an open date that Houston did. But they kind of, they kind of, they, they I don't know, you could use a lot of different words in this vocabulary. I'll, I'll use a very nice word, adjective, and say chickened out. 
but you had an open slate to play the Zags. Instead, they played Our Lady Lake, which is some unknown school in Texas, and they won like 110 to 46. But if you're a Houston, what did you have to lose by playing the Zags? It gives you good uh, experience against a talented team. I mean, maybe by the grace of God, you win and pull off a huge upset. But you have an open day, and and Gonzaga was up for it, the ESPN report said, but you play a pretty much a no-knowing, God-forsaken school, and when you could have played Gonzaga, I thought that was just a dumb decision. Again, I don't know if the coach didn't, Calvin Sampson doesn't trust his players, but with you having nothing to lose, you're going to be a tournament team. I don't know why you would not want to test yourself and learn something from it and maybe by chance you play them again in March Madness like there's so many positives to take from it other than playing essentially a JV team I thought that was pretty dumb on Houston's part yeah I hear you but they they did have a game Wednesday and the you know and they would have played Friday and they would have had to travel that's what they're kind of like it's it was kind of that is pretty quick if you get done it's not like the pros you get done and it's like 10 o'clock at night on a Wednesday. Then you got to be in Salt Lake City and play on Friday. I don't know. It is kind of funky. Once in a while, you get a Saturday, Monday, um, but that's very rare. Um, but that's so we would fly to North. Well, it'd be flying to North Carolina and then crossing the country again. That's what they're saying. Um, so go back. then. To, yeah, because there was, I don't know. He said the traveling thing didn't quite work out that well. But, um, you know, in the end, you know, it is what it is. Uh, it would have been interesting there. Um, but, you know, it's easy to sit there. You know, I don't know. Would you? So you would have for sure done it? Like, you just know for a fact you would have done it? Like, I don't know. I, 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 I did. You know, I don't know. It, it, when you're in a head coaching position and you're looking for seeds and stuff like that, I'm not sure. The travel was a little funky. I guess the travel stuff, but again, just for the experience and just to play the team. I, I, there, it's a in my in my opinion, it was a no lose situation. If you lose to Gonzaga, big deal. If you win, holy shit. And if if you know traveling again, what is what is? But there was nothing to lose from it. But instead, you played a team who you know would probably lose to like an all-american high school team i just i didn't just quite get that but oh well i just i thought for houston who has had a couple of like a few off games of late too why not push yourself in a season where you know who knows might not even have a conference tournament so all those uh games i'm actually missing you right now i can't hear you i still can't hear you um, don't hang up though, but I still can't. Okay, there we go. I can't hear you. Okay. Uh, yeah, my 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 internet's been a little shoddy. I'm not quite sure why. Everything should, appears to be looking good, but uh, but yeah. So, anyways, I don't know. It's just something. But Gonzaga, though. Speaking of Gonzaga, they do just keep winning, and and I know that they're not in a super hard conference. They're not in the SEC, Big Twelve, Big Ten. Uh, hell, even the Big East is a better overall conference, but. That team is on cruise control. They continue to win. They continue to score a lot of points. No one in that conference appears to be really able to even give them a good fight. They, they have been at ha- down at half a couple of times or maybe start the game down 10 points and 10 minutes in. But that team, Chris, is on a damn mission. And I know that we've always had the college basketball chats of, well, you know, they're not in a real conference, so 
let's wait wait to judge them until we get to March. I think this is an exception where this team is really damn good. Now, I'm not saying it's a guarantee that they're going to cut down the nets, but I think this is different than, you know, the Wichita State team from years ago that had an undefeated year. You know, like, oh, we're not sure, and then they lose to Kentucky in the second round. I don't see this Gonzaga team losing in the second round. I mean, it could happen, but this is that exception where I think this is a badass team, and you're going to have to play a legit game to beat them compared to their mid-major squad who's enjoying a good team off a weaker division. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think it's a better squad. I think you can make an argument, though, Wichita State, when they were – what conference was that that they were playing in? That actually had some good teams in it, decent teams anyway. Uh, well, I'm trying to. What is? Uh, I can't so, remember. Well, but they did have some big matchups. Now they're matchups. in the American. Yeah, that's they're what I'm not, saying. Then, right? Yeah. But uh, they they actually had some decent matchups in that. So I'd say they're not a better team talent, but I think they may. Um, and remember, it's it's because they have a pro talent guy on Gonzaga too. Um, but we're talking about college team talent and how that's going to produce. I'd say Gonzaga is the more talented team, but, um, than that, no doubt about it. But I wonder if their conference was a little tougher, but I'll say this though. And this is something we talk about. Usually it's not this bad. Usually they do have like four or five games where they get, you know, it's a good ass game or at least four, three, but it's bad this year. And, and you wonder being not just on cruise control, but not getting challenged down the stretch of on any of these games, you just wonder if that's not going to catch up to them at some point. And, and going through the tougher schedules give you so much experience to close a game. You wonder if that's not going to nip in, nip them in the butt or the fact that, because I do think this might be their most talented team potentially, but um, I think it's because of the high-end talent especially one of the high-end talent guys they got, which that's normally not, you know, if you see how it transfers to the pros or whatever. But I wonder if that's not going to nip them in the butt, though. You know what I mean? Not having a bunch of tight games. It does help that they produced against quality teams early, though. So that's, like, in the back of their head. But, man, you go, like, two and a half months before you have to play a tough game. I don't know, you know? Yeah, that that is fair. There is something to be said for that, for um, handling who's going to take the shots or just simply facing a bit of adversity. That that is a fair point, um, because for all we know, I'd be very surprised if there's even a one um, next to their team number um, during the the March Madness selection show. I, I think they run the table in the regular season. I think they'll be a strong, heavily favored in the conference tournament. Um, if we have those, um, so yeah, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just think that this is a team where if you happen to do an office pool and you get names out of a hat or whatever, this is a team that could easily be in the final four and be a strong contender compared to maybe some other teams before they, they, they seem to score really, really well. Again, who knows how great of a defense they have, Chris, but offensively, this team is as loaded as you can get for, um, a mid-major squad. Yeah, and the, here here's the thing, like this this is their year. If they don't yeah. win it this year, you're right. It's really tough. We said that like two months ago, or not two months ago, but about five weeks ago when we started. Like, <clears throat> if this isn't the year, dude, I don't know when it is gonna be because who's besides Baylor 
you can point to teams, no doubt. You can. And they'll be right there probably with them. But if they're ever going to do it, dude, they've had so many good teams and they've just fallen short. This has got to be the year for them. Um, And we'll see, you know, what the pause. And once we get the information back of who's in the starting lineup when Baylor comes back, this could have a Texas effect where you, okay, we get to play games, but we don't have four of our, you know, two out of the four best players. You know, so that'll be a little funky. Um, Let's move on, though. We'll keep it moving. Let's predict two games. Um, uh, Oklahoma, this is probably the two hottest teams, obviously, besides Baylor, but they're on a rest right now. But Oklahoma went through their gauntlet and did damn good with that. Um, Now West Virginia is in the middle of their gauntlet. Well, how they got to close their, you know, their, their recent run of games, what they have to face. Um, and even, you know, they, they, they played Texas Tech end of January, lost a, a, a game against Florida. That was, that was Florida's pretty, they, they were getting better at that time. Then they just really kind of went away from Kansas in that game. And then, like I said, got that win um, against Texas Tech two nights ago. But then they had Oklahoma and they had a scheduled Baylor game, and then they had Texas. So um, I don't know exactly if these, you know, it says postponed, so obviously they're going to try to play them, and they do have some time frame in there. But what's your gut say about this Oklahoma-West Virginia uh, game on Saturday? I, geez, I, Oklahoma's been having a hell of a run. I just, and... I don't know. I, I, I'm torn. I guess these are the two teams I've not seen play as much as other teams in the Big 12. Um, it does seem like every year around this time, Chris, doesn't seem that Bob, Bob Huggins always has his team on a good pace. Like, I, I think if you were to rewind all of our podcast years of college basketball, which we've done for a long time, Huggins always has a team that's going into the tournament pretty well prepared. You know, they play the different style. They, they press you. They make you work more than other teams. But then they normally never make it out of the first weekend. Normally. So I, they I normally don't graduate either. Oh, I'm sorry. That was a shot. That was a shot. So I, I, I think that we're again in that phase of, OK, it's West Virginia's time to be good. And for Oklahoma, it's a little bit of a different story. This is a team who normally normally is middle of the big 12 give or take right. yeah so but they've i mean they've been riding high since uh, hell they're they're just on a hell of a run so i'm gonna take the slightly hotter team in oklahoma and i just yeah i'm just gonna take oklahoma to win i again I, I would love to give more of an opinion but sadly you cannot watch every 120 teams play that we talk about on the show so i'm just gonna take the the sooners to win in what should be a good game and yeah i'm taking oklahoma I am going to go on the other side of that. I think that maybe Oklahoma is going to, just by virtue of playing all these damn teams in a row, that they're going to drop this game in West Virginia is on the upward tilt, and maybe they'll fall down once they have to go back to back to back to back. I mean, if those games happen. So I'll go on the other side of it. Um, Villanova on the road at Creighton, number four. And number 19, Creighton, um, this is a big game, obviously, within the conference, uh, to say the least. Uh, we've been kind of waiting for this game in general. Um, they both, 
you know, besides Seton Hall, they've both been, you know, haven't been playing great um, teams per se, some okay teams and stuff like that, but they haven't really been challenged much. I think they both lost a game they probably should have won. Um, back in, like, mid-January, Creighton lost back-to-back, um, and, and it seems like they've gotten something going. I don't know, is it enough to get this win? Maybe this is where they kind of, you know, put their foot in the sand and say, hey, I'm drawing a line. We got to win this game. It's at home because they're going to play um, March 3rd as well. So this is a big game. Is Cray- can Creighton get it done and kind of put a performance that we haven't seen in a while from them, put it all together? Uh, I I love this team. This is probably my set, well second or third favorite team now, now that Missouri's back to being relevant again. The dude's got uh, 12 teams, people. He's got 12 teams. <laughs> Uh, Carolina, Mizzou, Creighton are my top three squads. Uh, and I believe I was on the podcast saying that Creighton's a no, that what well, Creighton or Mizzou is a guaranteed Sweet 16. Uh, I think I think I said Creighton. it was Mizzou. It was or Mizzou. no, it was Mizzou. Okay, it was, it was Mizzou. Mizzou. Last year it was Creighton. That was a guaranteed. Sweet now 16. It was a guaranteed Final Four. That's the first one you said on the show. Oh dear Lord! I hopefully I go one for one. I'm holding um, it to you. I'm holding it to you. I got it marked you, down. You need to. You need to. Um, but and again, I, I enjoy watching the team play. But they've again, they've not really just found a rhythm. This Creighton team. Um, they pretty much have the same team they had from last year, which was a legit team, except that Quan Alexander, who went pro or NBA or G League or something, and they're missing that true piece of that other star player. And it's just been affecting them all year. I mean, they just they just beat Marquette 71 to 68. Uh, but Marquette is not a good team at all. And they beat Georgetown this week. But Georgetown also beat them as a 14 point underdog. So as much as I want to build up the hype for this team, I support they've still not had a good 40 minute game. So I expect Villanova to win. Um, Villanova did have their bubble burst that they lost to St. John's, who's incredibly hot. I love watching that team play. Um, so I, I think they maybe refocused a bit. They actually beat Georgetown. Georgetown's playing freaking every damn team we're talking about. But I just think that there's not been a good enough sequence of games in a row for me to confidently take Creighton. So I got to take Nova. I wish I wasn't picking them, but Creighton just hasn't been in a good rhythm since conference play started. And hopefully they can find it sometime between now and the next uh, four weeks when March Madness starts. And for all those reasons, I think that's a great pick. I also think that I would not not think. I know I wouldn't touch it uh, as far as my pick. But my pick is they put it all together. They find the rhythm. Even if it's just for one game, Creighton gets the job done. One more game and then we're out of here. Number three, Michigan, on Sunday on CBS at high noon central time, travels to Wisconsin for a very interesting matchup. In fact, I haven't mentioned this in a while, but according to ESPN's Basketball Power Index, Marshall, Michigan is favored 52% to 48% to freaking cut down the net. Oh, wait, they're not going to cut down the nets. Um, But... How do you see this one playing out? Because, you know, on paper, it looks like a very competitive game. Uh, Michigan only has one loss. Who's that one loss to? Oh, that's right. That's the Gophers. However, you know, Michigan 
it's it's they're kind of in that mode of well you know what's gonna go well, how are they gonna look they they've had they haven't played a game since January 22nd so that's really funky uh, the Indiana the Northwestern and the Illinois game that was supposed to happen tonight all got canceled they have a hell of a stretch coming up though Wisconsin Rutgers Ohio State Indiana at Indiana makes it that much tougher. Iowa, and then maybe Michigan State will pull their head out of their ass near the end. Um, man, I, I'd say Michigan, but being that they, you know, that rust factor, it makes me feel like the rust factor in Wisconsin um, not basically losing um, back-to-back games. Although, wait a second, they did just beat Nebraska, so they got the uh, the rust off there. What says you about this matchup, man? This Badger team is way too freaking unpredictable. I, I, I've, I, I've watched them play a lot of games, and there's there's been, it seems like, especially of late for the past month, and I know the record isn't bad, and they're not a joke of a team, but this is not a great team right now. They just, it, they can't seem to get a rhythm either. I mean, I, maybe they'll have a complete game unlike Creighton, but Badgers win one, lose one, win one, lose one, uh, win on the road, lose on the road. It really doesn't matter. Um, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know what the difference is. I mean, normally you have a Wisconsin team that's really solid fundamental. They don't lose at home. You know, they kind of have a little more of a, a slower offense. Like it, it just doesn't seem to be, Chris, the regular, reliable Badger team. Uh, the only reason I would lean to pick them, though, is that Michigan, you've been off forever. Who knows how they come back? If Michigan had played a game in the past week, I would definitely take Michigan. Um, but since Michigan's coming off a bit of a break, I would lean the Badgers just for that reason. But I wouldn't bet the game. I just think that this Badger team is just too unreliable, and they have too many nights where they're shooting and offense really struggles. So I will go, hell, I'll take Michigan to win. I just can't back. I, I'm, I'm picking against all teams I like today. This is a really weird podcast. Um, but, yeah, I'll take Michigan to win. Um, just, I don't trust the Badger team. Man, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Wisconsin, dude. I'm just going to pick Wisconsin. We're on the opposite page the whole time. And that's a good thing. Nothing wrong with that. Um, just because of the, you know, last big game they lost. Okay. Um, it is what it is. We don't know what Michigan's gonna gonna look like with this rust. Who knows? Um, so I'm gonna go on the opposite side. Why don't you uh, Why don't you close us on out, sir? As always, uh, thank you for listening. We appreciate the support with the podcast. And until all this stuff ends, which hopefully will be in this calendar year, um, stay safe, wear a mask, stay warm. Um, and stay off the roads. It pretty much from Texas all the way out to Memphis. It's been really crappy, cold roads and uh, or just cold weather and bad roads. So yeah, stay safe, wear a mask, drive safe. The boys are out today. Peace.